This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Some of the things that I loved particularly about my Delta airline experience was first, the amazing customer service. Everyone there was so kind, so welcoming, so present, so attentive. And a small thing, but was big to me, was just something simple as having headphones so that I can enjoy more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. I mean, my flight wasn't that long, but I got to catch up on a movie, some shows, just things I don't have time to do usually at home. I was able to enjoy that in the air. Delta also offers fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi, and it's available for SkyMiles members. Being able to access the Wi-Fi, I was able to order some groceries and just get a head start on my week. It was a great end to my experience and ushered me right back in to being home. So even if you're not home yet, Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. If you've ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. This membership community gives you a ton of resources from myself as well as outside experts to help you grow in your faith and your business. To learn more, visit www.blessedandbossedup.com community. Again, that's blessedandbossedup.com community. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because we have a special guest and I really think that you guys are going to enjoy this interview. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys that tickets are on sale right now for the God is My CEO tour. Myself and Kavaya of the She Who Was Called Mobile App will be going to D.C., Dallas, Chicago, and Atlanta. So tickets are on sale right now. You can go to GodIsMyCEOTour.com or you can click the link in the show notes and that'll take you to uh, the website to where you can get your tickets as well. So let's get into today's interview. On today's podcast, I interviewed Taylor Gordon of Tailored Business Solutions. Taylor Gordon is an operations strategist that helps busy entrepreneurs balance multiple businesses and projects so that they can focus on innovation and profit-producing activities. As an operations manager, she has helped businesses increase their bottom line by closing sales and creating systems to add five figures of revenue to the bottom line. I'm super excited about interviewing Taylor because I personally know Taylor and can vouch for her character, but not just that, I can vouch for the results that she has in people's businesses. A lot of her clients um, I'm familiar with and we run in the same circles and she has just excelled and truly increased 
um, their business and allow them to keep a lot of money that they were leaving on the table. It's so crazy how somebody else can come in and see the gaps in your business and allow you to keep more money in your pocket and really pay for their own services with the amount of money that she's helping them save. So I'm just excited because Taylor is so knowledgeable on this subject and I know you guys are going to enjoy this interview. So let's get right to it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. As you guys know, I really don't interview people often on the show just simply because I want to be able to vouch for the character of the people um, who are on this show. Like I, God has really blessed me with this platform and has allowed this platform to grow and to be a space to where myself and whomever is on this show can really pour into his people. So I'm very protective of who I allow to be on the show. So for y'all that email me, thanks. But if I don't know y'all, I probably won't be on the show. But today's interview is really special to me because when I first met Taylor, she was a makeup artist. And so it just seems over the last couple of years, we connected through our business coach, Raven, who you guys know, she's Raven's been on the show multiple times. Um, we connected through there and to just see Taylor's growth over the last couple of years has just been awesome. If you guys have gotten my book, uh, Blessed and Bossed Up, Surrendering Your Ambition So God Can Have His Way, I talk about Taylor in the beginning. I didn't mention her name, of course, but I talked about how we were on the Bossy Posse trip last year. And someone, I said that someone asked me, they were just really wanting to get closer to God and kind of asked me, how do I hear from God and things like that. And so it's so funny to just kind of think about that conversation that we had at the airport to now the way that God has just blessed her business, the way that he's just pushing her. Like, it's crazy. She has these clients and her business is thriving and she just got a website like last week. <laughs> so it's just a testament to how God will really move once you seek him. So without further ado, I want to welcome Ms. Taylor Gordon, the CEO of Taylor Business Solutions to the show. Welcome, 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 Taylor. Wow, thank you so much, Tatum. You got me over here almost in tears the way you just introduced me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you deserve it. Like, it's your story is so awesome to me because it's just a testament that God doesn't take long, that He's always there, He's always with us. And then once we make a conscious effort to seek Him, He will truly just direct our paths and bless everything that that we touch everything that we do. So I'm not going to tell your story for you. So, but let's just start at the beginning. And I want you to just tell everybody, how did you get into entrepreneurship originally? Oh my gosh. Let me first just say, God is so amazing. And he has been blowing my mind back to back. I'm really trying to keep up with as much as God has been given to me. It's just amazing. And it's just truly a testament of what your life can be like when you seek him and fully surrender to him. Mm -hmm. So I started my entrepreneurial journey in 2000, was it 2017? I actually hired our business coach Raven and I was in a nine to five job and it wasn't that I hated corporate America. I didn't dislike my job too much. It was more so that I wanted to have memories with my son and in that process of hiring my business coach, it was September 2017 when I got my business coach. And October 2017, I got fired from my job. And I was in that job for about three years. And I had never been fired from a job. And when they let me go, 
it was no real reason. They couldn't give me a reason as to why they let me go. And I was like, wow, this is God just really shifting me and telling me that I just have to make a shift in my life because I was really unhappy at that point. Um, So after that, I started a new job in December 2017. And when I started that job, God told me, you're not going to be here long. I actually had to get out the coaching program because I couldn't afford it. I had my son in private school. I had so many bills and I got back into coaching in January. Got Mm -hmm. in January, new job, and I was out of my job in June 2017. Yeah. 20, this is 2019, y'all. I'm getting my dates mixed up. So 2017 was when I left my job in June. So it was 2016 when I was working a job prior um, that I got fired from. And in that, it was just a matter of me trying to always take off work because I was in a beauty industry to attend makeup events, just do everything around trying to pursue my passion and still have those memories with my son. But I was working every weekend and it just was never working out. I couldn't fulfill my client's needs. I couldn't fulfill my business needs. So it was a matter of God saying, what are you going to do now that your business is picking up? You have this business coach. I'm presenting you the opportunity to leave. And literally it was May 2017 that I looked at my notice, my resignation notice, And it said the same thing that it said in 2016. It was the same exact date from a year ago. And I was like, wow, God is really speaking to me right now. I have to go. And it was just in that moment that I was like, you know what? I really have to go. This is God speaking to me. And I left my job in May of 2017, May 25th, 2017. And I left with $411 in my bank account. (laughs) and I didn't know where to go, but I was just following God's direction. (laughs) So you said that you were starting in the beauty industry. So now you're not in the beauty beauty industry anymore. We'll get to that. But how did you know or decide that that was going to be the vehicle that you um, pursued at that time? I knew that that was going to be what I was pursuing at that time because so many things had came to me. I had an interview on a radio show. I was on the news that aired throughout Baltimore. My clientele was increasing. I was attending events. I was just positioning myself to already be in my role full time. So at that time, the it was all all about positioning, just putting myself in that role. And funny thing is, I was like, okay, God, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not fully sure. So when he told me to leave, you know, sometimes you question God, be like, hold up, is this, is this for real, for real? Am I here the right person? So once I left my job, the very day I left, it was a brand new makeup brush outside of the building laying on the ground in the packaging. <laughs> so I was like, God, you funny. Like you told me you're not really sure, but I'm gonna give you this confirmation. And I actually still have that makeup brush because that started my entrepreneurial journey that day. That's so That's awesome. awesome. And I love your story because I tell people, well, I, I quote this from T.D. Jakes' book, Soar. And um, in the book, he was saying like, the the dream isn't the business. The, the, the business, wait, let me make sure I say it right. The business isn't the dream, but it's the vehicle that takes you to the dream. And sometimes the vehicle that you start out with isn't going to be the one that takes you to the dream, but it'll lead you to the vehicle that does. And so I love that quote because it reminds me even of my story. When I got into entrepreneurship, I had started my youth program and I had got confirmation that that's what 
is what I was supposed to be doing at that time. But that's not, it's something that I will go back to, but it's not the thing that I'm doing right now. God is using me for a whole different purpose at the moment, but I wouldn't have gotten here if I wouldn't have just started with that. So what advice would you give people who are kind of struggling with if this is even the thing that God wants me to do at that moment? They're kind of just on the fence or afraid that if they pursue what it is that they have the idea for now that it's going to fail or whatever. I would say always go into it seeking God. Always get that validation from God and not humans or not your flesh. Because for me, I had a lot of different people in my ear and it wasn't that some of my family members or friends weren't being supportive. They just can't see what you see. And I'm a visionary. So I saw what was happening before it actually happened and manifested. And I would just say, you know, if you're not sure, continue to seek God and just keep going on that path. Because although I wasn't fully sure until I saw that makeup brush, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I knew that God was leading me into something. I knew that it was from him and it was what I was supposed to be doing. And if it was not what I was supposed to be doing, he would direct me into exactly what it was that my purpose and what he needed me to fulfill. So if you're struggling with that, just stay on that path and keep doing it until you get that direction from God to say no. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. So then you were in the, you were working now um, for yourself full time. You were working in a beauty industry. How did you get to the point where you were opening up tailored business solutions? Oh my gosh. So this is the craziest story. So if you guys know who Jessica Williams is, she has the Fashionpreneur Academy. She's one of my best friends. Uh, we met in the same nine to five job. We actually sat side by side <laughs> at the same job. <laughs> always cutting up, getting in trouble at work. Um, But she actually opened her store in her storefront in June, 2017. And I had left my job in May, 2017. And she was like, Hey, I need somebody who can just help me here and there because this is new to me. And you've always been here with my events, you know, my business in and out. So I really just need somebody that can help me. So I started working with her part-time while doing makeup. So we collabed and I would do makeup for her models and we would do events together and things like that. But she really needed somebody. So as we started working together, I realized the need for having that support in your business for somebody to follow up, to increase those sales, to handle your operations because her business was growing rapidly and she didn't have anybody in place for that. Anybody she can trust or somebody that was flexible enough to do that. So mm-hmm. I realized, you know, with helping her and bringing in a great amount of income from follow up. That- no, let's talk numbers. You're bringing in like an extra 10,000 plus a month yes. just by being you. So I'm not gonna let you gloss over <laughs> what you've been able to do in people's businesses, but go ahead, continue. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) But in the beginning, it was just something that I genuinely was doing because it was my friend and I always wanted the best for her and to see her grow. And I didn't realize the need for it until one day she was like, look at the numbers in my business. Do you see this? This is just for having you in my business in a month. And I'm like, okay, girl, it's fine, whatever, you know. I wasn't getting a percentage of her profit or anything. I'm just really doing it because it's a friend. I want her to, you know, flourish. Mm -hmm. And then it was just an awakening moment one day. We had a conversation and she said, you really need to get into this. 
I was like, girl, I'm doing makeup. This is what I want to do. I have to pray over this. I'm not sure if I'm going to move forward with this. And mm-hmm. I prayed on it and God was saying, you should do this. And that transition for me was so nerve wracking because I was honestly concerned about what people would think. They're like, oh, you were doing, you were in the beauty industry for three years and you finally left your full-time job and you're doing this full-time. Now you're about to transition. And it was a battling moment. It honestly, I made my decision, I want to say three months prior to announcing it, but it just took me some time to get the carriage to actually announce that's what I would be doing. So how did you handle those people though? Like though, as they were coming with the, well, pretty much the naysayers is what they are. So as they were coming with the negativity and things like that, how did you deal with that to be able to still be like, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this anyway? You know what's so funny? I thought in my mind, I'm just naturally an overthinker. In my mm-hmm. mind, I thought that I would have a lot of naysayers, but so many people were supportive that I didn't even expect. People were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was surprised by the impact of that. I was not expecting that. I had a few people who were like, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? And I'm just like, girl or boy, bye. Like, don't talk to me. If you can't support it, I don't need you in my life because I I don't thrive on the negative stuff and really listen to the naysayers because I internally, that was something I was concerned about. But I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do. I know I'm about to be out here saving businesses. So Mm -hmm. I can't be concerned about what you're saying. I know God gave this to me. If it wasn't from God, then I'll probably take your opinion and how you feel into consideration. But I'm not taking that into consideration. What I'm gonna do is have the people that supported me and do what I have to do because this is what God is leading me to do right now. So what were your next steps after that? So now you and Jessica have had this conversation. You had this aha moment or epiphany, so to speak. And you're like, okay, this is what God is leading me to do next. What were your first steps from there? Oh, my goodness. So I talked to my business coach, Raven. (laughs) And I was so nervous to talk to her about it. I'm like, she's going to say, girl, what are you doing? But she got my life together. She had a conversation with me to let me know if God is giving it to you, sometimes it's you have to, you always have to do what God says, but sometimes it's a transition for something bigger that you don't even know about. And her saying that just really resonated with me. So she was like, delete yourself off Instagram and post this. Like you need to announce it. I announced it. And then Jess and I was still working together. I want to say January, 2018. I got my first client. I announced it December 31st, 2017. 28, I'm getting my dates mixed up. December 21st, 2017, 31st, 2017. January 22nd, 2018 was when I got my first client for my business. So technically, Jess was a client, and then I had another client, and I was like, whoa, God, this hasn't even been a month that you sent me a new client. What are you doing? And then I got my second client in March, my third client in March, technically. I was like, okay, God. And then April, I got another client. So at this point, from January to April, I already had four clients. And I'm like, wow. I didn't even have a business name. I had no idea what my business would be. Of course, my LLC was T. Simone LLC because my prior business was T. Simone Makeup Artistry. But I didn't formally have a business name. I didn't have a website. I really didn't market on Instagram at all. I probably made like 18 posts total in 2018 so I wasn't really marketing what I was doing so it just blew my mind (laughs) like I was really thrusted into a God saying here you go you got to do it right now 
Yeah, that's really good. And I want you guys that's listening to not take it as, oh, let me post on Instagram. Like, I want to be clear. Don't say or don't take it as let me post or announce I'm doing something on Instagram and then the people will come. That's not what she's saying. What she's saying is I got an alignment with what God told me to do and he sent the people. So, yeah, she announced it, but God sent the people like these are God sent clients and not Instagram sent clients. There's a difference between um, making announcements on social media or trying to implement whatever strategy you see your favorite IG person doing and really making God the CEO and getting in alignment with what he wants you to do. There's a huge difference between the two. So I just want to hone in on that for those of you who are listening, because somebody might have taken it as, oh, let me go ahead and post on IG and I'm going to have four clients in a couple months. No, sis, that's not the story. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't Instagram that got me those people for sure. It was God because I had posted about it. People were like, oh, congratulations. But I didn't get anybody hitting me up. Nobody was like, oh, I want this service. It was more of congratulatory things. And then God sent these people. I can't give it to Instagram. I can't credit it to myself. Nobody but him for sure. So what does that look like then? So for the person who is trying to decipher if it's God sending me people or not, what did that look like? Were they reaching out to you saying that um, I saw your post? Like, what was it like practically? Honestly, it was referrals. It was one client. It was, I was working with Jess and then a client said, oh, I heard about you from Jess. I heard about what you were doing with Jess. Then the other client that I got referred another client. And all of these people are of God because I'm going to make that very clear. I don't work with anybody that is not of God. You know, I'm sorry to say it. I don't, you know, I really don't, not trying to hurt no feelings or anything, but if it's not of God, I'm not doing it. So all of the people that were referred, I had heard of these people or had already kind of known of them. But that's exactly what happened. That's how I knew it was from him. And it was from nowhere else. That's awesome. So we did talk about, um, I mentioned, I bragged on you a little bit about how you were able to increase Jessica's business. But what I love about your business is it's not just one of those things where it's like, hey, y'all, I'm a coach because I want to be a coach. Like you're really doing a test that is so necessary in people's businesses. Like you is, I'm going to let you explain what you do, but the way that I look at it is I see your business as something that's very necessary to any entrepreneur, especially a service-based entrepreneur, because so many times it's difficult when you're constantly pouring out to people. You got to make sure you're getting filled back up. You got to make sure you're fulfilling ob- your obligation. Sometimes it is difficult or the things, the back-end stuff that you're working on falls through the cracks and you don't even realize how much money you're leaving on the table by let's say not following up yeah. because you've been able to let just implementing your follow-up strategies has made people five figures extra in a month that they wouldn't have even made simply because you decided to follow up. So talk a little bit about like the, the work that you do for people's businesses and how important it is. Yes. So with most of my clients, I can say this. Sometimes I'm humble on (laughs) talking about the numbers that I've done, but Okay. <laughs> Although with the clients that I've had, I've honestly helped them with follow-up strategies, gross combined, 
almost a half a million dollars in their businesses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what I do is help them go through their leads, go through the beginning. Where are these people coming from in your business? Let's organize that in your pipeline. Now we need to focus on a strategy of how we're going to funnel them in to understanding your products and your services. Also, with the follow-up strategy, just implementing a schedule to make sure we're staying on top of that. Then with the back end, I come into your operations to see what your day-to-day looks like. How are you organizing this so that your business is fully functional on the back end when my team comes in and we're taking over? So that's anywhere from managing your emails to providing phone support. It's honestly tailored to the business needs to see where your areas of opportunity are, your weaknesses in your business to help you propel forward. So those are some of the things that we do within a business. But the primary thing in our focus is the follow-up strategies, because if you are not following up with your current clients or your potential clients, you're leaving money out, leaving money on the table because those are people who are going to refer your business. Those are people who are going to be ongoing clients who are going that you need to retain. So it's very important that that is the focal point of your business because a lot of businesses are not doing that. And it was a study from Forbes that said businesses are losing out on $62 billion a year a year from not following up wow yeah (laughs) crazy number right and I can see that when I come into businesses you know with them balancing multiple brands it's really easy to let things slip through the cracks you know miss out on an email or forget to follow up on a person because on average my clients have three to five brands so that's an easy miss it's not intentional but it happens when you don't have that help or that support within your business Yeah. So aside from like the follow up strategies and kind of missing emails, what are some of the other like foundational things that that entrepreneurs slip up on? I would say the structure, really Mm -hmm. having the structure of your business together is important and the being organized. Some of my clients that come in, it's not that they're totally disorganized, but they can't see on the back end because they're so focused on the profit producing parts of the business that that Mm -hmm. slips through the cracks. So honestly, having your structure together to say, this is what my business look like. This is what my day to day is. This is how we're going to organize this so that when somebody is coming into your business, they're able to see exactly what it is that your business offers and how it functions. So I see that a lot with not being organized or not having their structure fully together. Got it. And no, that's really important. So going into the structure, then what are some things that you guys implement that have seemed to work? Don't give them all your, <laughs> your answers, but <laughs> what are some things that people who are new in the entrepreneurship can start applying now in the beginning so that they don't start or uh, get the habit of missing out on money? Yeah, systems are really important. You really need to have your systems in place. So that's scheduling systems, CRM systems, email systems. You really need to have those in place because that's going to make your business run so much smoother. And also getting on the automation bandwagon. Like, you know, some things, we things are fully automated. But you have to get in the swing of automating different parts of your business. Now, something that I pride myself on with Tailored Business Solutions is that we're not a company that's everything fully automated. Like, you're not going to get automated calls from us. We're not going to just send you emails all of the time. We like to actually talk to our 
customers and clients to actually see what they need, give them feedback. Because nowadays it's really hard with the automation part. You know, you call Bank of America or you call a company and they got a, a robot talking to you and you get so frustrated. You're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk to this person. I just want to get to a representative. But you're always going to be able to talk to a live person with us. It's not going to be a robot or anything like that. So having those systems in place in your business is very important. Yeah, I definitely agree. I can even vouch for being on the the other side of like your business. I remember because for y'all that don't know, Raven is one of Taylor's clients. And so I think it was last year um, when we were, well, y'all were sending out information about the pink slip uh, retreat and all of that. And you called and you were like, hey, we're just calling to confirm that you're going to be speaking, see if you need anything or whatever. So I'm like, Hold on, is this Taylor? But then I didn't want to like, I didn't want to ask. I'm like, let me just be professional and, and go through it. But I appreciate it. Before I got stuck in the mindset of, is this Taylor? I w- appreciated the fact that you picked up the phone to call. So to me, just on the opposite end of dealing with this business, not your business, because you were calling on behalf of your client's business, but me looking at that client or that event now and being like, oh, I would speak there again. Or I definitely like the fact that they called me as opposed to just communicating with me through email. Now I'm excited about their event. Now let me post a little extra about the event because I feel so good about it. Or let me um, talk about this event more on my podcast and do more than I would have normally done just for the simple fact that I had such a great experience because you called me. All you did was call me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that people really value and appreciate because Email chains, you can have about 10 different email chains and you're continuing this conversation where you can just get on the phone with the person and have it solved in two minutes. And it's like you're talking for days via email and a lot of things can get miscommunicated. That person may want to actually have more questions for you on the phone. So it's just so much better to still have that live person within a business that can communicate and talk to your clients as well. Yeah. So let's move into your business, though, a little bit. How do you balance managing your clients' brands who have multiple brands in and of themselves, but then also growing your business? Like, how does that even happen? Automation for me. I automate a lot of stuff for my business and looking into that system to see what I can do where, you know, if I don't have, if I'm not on the phone, what are things that I can send out? Like, how can I automate my emails? How can I automate, you know, maybe starting to follow up with the email and then scheduling out to get on the phone? I'm really strict with my schedule. I have to be because I do have so many clients. So I have non-negotiables. I have cutoff time and I have days where I may have an extended day so that I can focus on my business and do things that I need to do to continue to grow my business. And of course, a team is always really important for what I do. Just having a team in place that can be in your business while I'm in these other businesses as well. So for me, being strict on my schedule, having non-negotiables and boundaries works for me. That's good. So then um, you mentioned this before, but you're a mom as well. And there are a lot of moms who are entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. How do you then not just balance your business and their businesses, but now you have to balance your responsibility of being a parent too? How does that work? Yes, honestly, I'm still mastering that because I am a single parent. So I'm the only support for my son. 
And what I do is I make sure that I'm dedicating the day to him out of the week with everything being so busy. It's mm-hmm. at least three hours that's strictly for him <laughs> where we're going on a date. I'm talking to him. I'm asking him questions. I'm figuring out what's going on in his life, how he's feeling. And then on my weekends, my weekends are dedicated to my child as well. So I have a schedule in my life where I have to incorporate him because I didn't leave a nine to five or get into entrepreneurship not to spend time with my son or to have him. So scheduling for me has been a lifesaver and a life changer in my life because if I didn't have a schedule of how things work, it's no way that I could be an effective mom, an effective business owner and cater to these other companies as well as mine. It would not happen. Yes. And let me tell y'all, she is such a great mom. Like her son (laughs) speaks Russian. (laughs) Black boy speaks Russian. Like how, Sway? I genuinely admire how good of a mom you are. Like your son is awesome. But anyway, I want to talk about the schedule a little bit. How were you able to create that schedule? Was it kind of like, or create a schedule that works that well? Was it like a trial and error type thing? Like how can the people listening craft a schedule that works for them to where they do have time for their other responsibilities? Definitely trial and error. I did not have it all figured out. It was a thing that I had to keep fine tuning to see what really worked because in a bit, the beginning of my business, I was so focused on my business that I was not making time for my son as much. I wasn't making time for other areas of my life. So what I do to prioritize my schedule, I always put the beginning of the day, the tasks that are priority or the tasks that will take the longest to get done at the beginning of my day. And I order it from longest or hardest to medium and then to easiest. That way I'm wrapping up my day with the easiest task or the easiest, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm finishing it strong that way. So when I go into the evening, I have my son or I'm going into my personal time. I'm already relaxed instead of putting that hard task at the end of my day or at the end of my week, because that's just going to stress you out. And you're going to keep putting that off and off and you're not going to ever get it done. So that's what works for me. I organize my day, priority tasks, hardest to easiest throughout the week, hardest tasks at the beginning of the week, easiest tasks at the end of the week. I do that all the time. Now that makes sense. I've never even heard it explained that way. Like I'm taking notes as I'm listening because that makes sense because if you're doing the easiest task on a Friday, now you don't even have the weight of whatever you were doing. As you said, you on the weekends, you spend time with your son. So now you're not even taking those difficult things or whatever into that time with him because you took care of that at the beginning of the week. That's a a really, really great point. Yeah. It wasn't always like that. I was doing the most at first and I was going crazy. I was like, hold up, wait a minute. I'm not getting time with him. The weekend, I feel like my work is running into the weekend. What is going on here? I have to figure it out. And I had to really sit down and look at my schedule and look at what was happening to figure that out. It took me some time, but I have mastered it now. So I finally have it figured out. But what were some of those biggest mistakes, though, that you were making in the beginning so the people listening don't find themselves falling into those traps? Yeah, first things first was overworking, just working all the time and just going full throttle at all times. I was not incorporating self-care into it. I was not really thinking about the people around me, like the personal relationships, my son, because I'm like, I got to get this money. I have to build this business. And it's like, you do have to build this business, but how can you build a business effectively if you're burning yourself out? Mm -hmm. So 
in the beginning, I learned from that because I was burning myself out and also just not setting boundaries. I'm just a really like lax person. So I wasn't really putting my foot down as much. And I realized that I had to set boundaries for my personal life and my business life. That's the only way that you're going to ever be effective at anything. So those were the top two mistakes that I was making. And once I realized that and I worked on it, it took me some time. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, I have boundaries in business. I have boundaries in my personal life. This works or this does not work. That was something pivotal for me with being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's that's really good. And even adding faith back into it, that's a benefit yeah. of God being a CEO. You kind of have that grace over the grind. Like you don't have to grind as hard. You don't got to uh, outwork everybody. You ain't got to be on the corner before they get there and on the corner when they leave because you have that grace of God on your business. That's just going to allow you to be effective and, and prosperous no matter what's going on. For sure. Putting God at the forefront of my life and business has been the best thing that I could have ever done. And I wasn't always at this point. I've always believed in God and always worshiped him and, you know, read the Bible and things like that. But really surrendering to him has been a game changer for me. Yeah. And let's talk about that, though, because when we talked at the airport, um, we were coming back from Cabo. It seemed like and once you explained it to me, once we started talking, I saw it. But it seemed like the whole time you, we was in Cabo, you was just kind of like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say you wasn't there, but you could tell like a lot. You was in your head a lot. And so I was like, I wonder what's going on with Taylor. But I never really said anything. And one of my prayers before going to Cabo, and I fasted before going, I was like, and I do this usually with anything, but I was like, God, if you if you want me to pour into somebody in any type of way, like, you know, let me know. I just want to serve you this, that, and the other. So I was like beating myself up towards the end of the trip. Like, dang, Tatum, you ain't say nothing. You knew that you came here, like hoping to be able to pour into somebody in any type of way. And you ain't even say nothing. Cause you got your own stuff going on. But when we talked um, at the airport, you were just like, okay, Tatum, listen, you keep talking about how to make God the CEO of your business. Like how, like, I don't, I don't understand how, how like, you was so, you really wanted to know how. And I was kind of like, man, God is so good. I was thinking in my head, God is so good because I came here looking for opportunity to pour into people. I let my own stuff keep me from speaking up and, and you spoke up, but I want to talk about that space that you were in there though. Like where was that, that frustration or that being in your head coming from? What was that space you was in? Oh my gosh. So I was just, I was still new in my business, in this part of my business. Like I said, I had already trans transitioned from the beauty industry to the operation side. And I was just, thinking, what am I doing? How do I structure my business? How do I have, how do I manifest all these ideas? How do I make this come to life? And then everybody at the retreat, they were farther than me. And everybody's like, I believe in God. They made God the CEO. And I'm just looking, I felt out of place. I'm like, God, why do you have me here? Am I supposed to be here with these women? Like, what, what is going on? They have it together and I don't have it together. And I think in that space in my life, I felt like I didn't have it together. Like I said, I was still developing, balancing mommy life, being an entrepreneur, having a business that was growing rapidly. I really was just, I felt lost. I'm like, I know God, I believe in God. I just don't know why he's not guiding me the way I feel like he should be. But in all actuality, he really was because 
he placed Tatum there and so many other amazing women. And when I had that conversation with you, I'm just looking like Tatum is just faith in God goals. How? <laughs> How is this happening? Just listening to you. <laughs> Listen, I had to talk to her and I was too embarrassed to say it in front of everybody. So before we left, I was like, I have to talk to Tatum. I have to figure this out because I'm just watching the whole weekend how you have surrendered your business, how things have changed for you. And I'm just like, wow, if I could only have that in my life, this would be so great. So I felt what better way to do this than ask somebody who's experienced it, who I know is a humble person who is real. That's what I love about Tatum, y'all. She's real. Like, she's not going to sugarcoat nothing. You're not going to get nothing fake from her. So to me, that was, okay, I need to learn from her. I need to figure this out because I really want my business to grow and I want my life to improve. So what do I do? So then what did you do then? Like, after our conversation, I have no clue what I said to you. And it's so funny because... I don't remember 90% of the things that I say. I just always try to make sure I'm in a position where God is able to use me. So I ain't got to worry about me saying something crazy. But, um, what did you do then after that conversation to get to the point where you now are your own faith goals? The part that stuck out to me is when I was talking to you and you told me that everybody hears from God differently. It's not the same and it's not going to be the way that Susie or Joe may hear it. You have to really get in, in tune with God and you have to build your own relationship. Your relationship is not going to be the same as somebody else's. And that really resonated with me because I'm like, how do you how do you hear from God? What does that look like? How, how does that sound? And really tuning into that and really just, and you recommended a book to me as well. Joy um, Meyer. That's yeah. all Yes, you recommended a book to me as well, How to Hear from God. And I just, all of that just resonated with me. The way you were telling me how to practice, you told me to give time to him. You asked me, was I making time for him? And I'm over here like, "Mm -mm, no, I'm not making time like I should. (laughs) You asked me, was I reading his word? It was just so many things that stuck out to me. And I was like, wow, I'm not really... I'm not really practicing these things. I believe in God and I want to surrender to him, but I'm not putting myself in a position to fully do that. And another thing you were telling me to let go of control, I cannot control is God is in control. And I was like, okay, let me go back home and practice some of these things. And I really, I prayed over it. I prayed over the conversation. I was like, just thank you God for sending Tatum because I felt lost. I was really seeking him, but I, it was just too cloudy for me. My judgment was cloudy and he couldn't speak to me until I had somebody break it down to me of how to really seek him and surrender. So then what was the change? So once you got home from Cabo, what did you start doing in your business that was different? I started, the first things first was I fasted. That was my first time ever really understanding what fasting was. So I started to fast. I started to pray to God in the beginning, the top of my morning, praying over my business. And I prayed for him over my schedule, how to structure my business, how to define my business, how to market my business. I did all of those things. I prayed to him and I completely surrendered it to him. And I started to see a shift. Like I, you know, I started setting boundaries within my business, you know, 
thinking of different ways to improve what I was already doing. And it's just literally things were just coming to me. And I remember you also sent me your book after Cabo. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you sent me your book and I read it the same night. As soon as you sent it to me, <laughs> I didn't even go to sleep. I was so into it. And I just took so many parts of what you were talking about in the book and applied it to my life and things just changed. It was really incorporating praise and worship into it, getting into his word, praying and fasting, and also tithing. Those things were a game changer. Now, that's really, really good. And I, and I want to zone in on the control part for a second, because that's where a lot of people get stuck. Like I did a live stream the other day um, with the Blessed and Bossed Up Society, and um, God wanted me to talk to them about obedience, being blindly obedient. And so I was like, okay, y'all, we've been talking the last couple months about prayer. Uh, we're doing this Bible study together. We've been talking about these things, but God is telling me to talk to y'all about obedience. What's the holdup? You know, because if you really want the things of God, faith without works is dead. You're going to have to be obedient. And I always talk about Abraham. Um, but in Genesis, God told Abraham to leave his family and go to the place that he is uh, has called him to occupy. So he had to do something. But then once Abraham got to that place is when God blessed him. God told him to sacrifice his son, the son that him and his wife waited so long for that they were so anxious to have a son that his wife let him sleep with the maid just so that they can have a child like they were so pressed for for lack of a better word for a child and then after they have it god says now sacrifice him to me and he really went and prepared to kill his son that he wanted that bad mm -hmm. but just because god told him to so like I, what I was, the reason why I wanted to talk about obedience was it was like, what is stopping us from being that obedient? Yeah. Like, what is it? Because after that, God made that, God made that covenant with him. Like, I'm going to give you descendants that are more numerous than the dirt on the ground and your um, descendants will be blessed. And we're still benefiting off of the covenant that God made with Abraham that day. And so it's like, what is stopping us from being obedient if everything in the word it's telling us that on the other side of our obedience is all of this, all of these blessings and prosperity. And so when I asked them that, a lot of them were saying uh, the root of it was a lack of trust and um, not willing to give up control. And I was trying to tell them and I tell people all the time, like, we think that the enemy will always uses these grandiose things to throw us off, like a death in the family or maybe some tragic thing happens or whatever but if he can just make you not trust god that's all he gotta do it seems small but it's effective yeah he's not worried about um all the smoke he's worried about what's going to keep you stagnant what's going to keep you from the things god has for you what's going to keep you from fulfilling the promises that god has and if he can just plant a seed of of a, a control if he can just plant the seeds for you not to trust god then he still wins and we let it, we're letting him, you know? And so um, I want to talk to you about control because while I do say all of that, it is hard. Like, I'm not going to act like it's not, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to act like it's an easy thing. Like, okay, God, here's control. Like, no, it's hard to trust somebody you can't see. It's hard to just do something and not have the end and not know the end result. It's hard. It's very, very hard. 
but we have to do it. So how were you able to surrender that control and let God actually be the CEO of your business and not just say it? I had to really, really pray because it was things that God had me doing. And I'm like, no, God, I don't want to do that. I want to do this my way. I still want to control this. And I realized I wasn't reaching my full potential personally and in my business. And for me, it was really just praying and just letting it go. Like my mom always told me since I was a kid, you ha- you can't control everything because I'm naturally just want to control every circumstance, mm-hmm. every bit and piece. And I realized that it was hindering me more than it was doing anything. And a part of being obedient was letting go of that control. And that's why he wasn't releasing the blessings he had for me because I wasn't fully uh, having that faith. You can't try to control things and still have faith. You, it's, you, it's just not, it's not going to happen because if you have that full faith in God, you're letting it go saying he's going to do this for me. So it was decisions that I know God was telling me to make. And I still, I wasn't moving on them because I wanted to control what was happening. So mm-hmm. it was really just prayer and fasting for me to really let that control go. And sometimes I'm human. I still struggle with it. Certain decisions that I know I need to make. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it, God. I'm not doing it. But then I'm like, okay, I have to fully let him be the CEO of my life and my business. Yeah, I agree. And for those that are listening, a couple things that I pull from that is fasting. I tell everybody to fast because fasting is not only does the Bible say that some things only come through prayer and fasting, but the act in and of itself is a, a practice of giving up control. And I fast from food. I don't play no games with these. I might do like a social media fast if I feel like it's influencing me that much. But when I fast, I go for the thing I love the most and that's to eat. So I'm giving up food from six to six because I'm not going to play like, oh, let me just give up TV, even though I never watch TV. That's not a fast. So I'm giving up. I always give up food. But that's a, a, a act of giving up control in and of itself because you're going to get hungry between that. 12 hour time frame, you're going to get hungry. You're going to want to eat. You're going past something that smells real good, but you're practicing denying your flesh so that you can feed your spirit so that you can get closer to God. So for those who are struggling with trust and lack of self-control, if I was you, the first thing I would do is fast. Yeah. Because the actual, like I said, the actual physical act of it is a practice of trusting. And then also what she said was, She went to prayer about it. I think a lot of us, we've just been so trained to put on masks when it comes to life, especially Black women. And we always create this persona of what, who we are and how we're going to present ourselves to the world. And we got to live in this, this box or this persona that we've created for ourselves. And it takes away the freedom to just be real and be raw and be honest. But But what happens is because we do that in day-to-day life, we take that into our relationship with God. So we're trying to get him to bless who we pretend to be as opposed to just being raw, humble, and honest with him. And the crazy thing is, it's a waste of time because he already knows who you are. (laughs) So you got this mask on with the person who knows every hair that's on your head. Like, come on now. But because we do that, we take away the act of really being honest with God. Like I'm so honest with God. I'd be like, when I, especially when I first really wanted to dive deep into my faith, faith, I was like, listen, God, I'm not passionate about you because if I was, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. 
So I need you to, I need you to make me passionate about you. And I promise you that I will serve you. And he lit that fire on the inside of me. And it has grown since then. Or if I'm working on, let's say something, um, God was working with me on was like my relationship with people. Like in order for him to use me the way that he's using me now, I had to get rid of this wall that I built up when it came to me and people. I had to practice being more vulnerable. But because of my upbringing, because I've always had to be tough, it was hard for me to to be vulnerable with people. So I was like, look, God, I don't like people like that. Like, so help me like people. I need you to make me nicer because I don't, I don't really want to, do these things. And, and when I was honest with him is when he started to move on my heart, when I started to study different scriptures and and when I really just started to see myself, but the beginning of giving up control, the beginning of building trust is being honest and you're honest through prayer. Prayer is just a conversation with God and fasting and prayer go hand in hand. You can't fast without praying. Otherwise you're just starving yourself. So um, in that fasting period, I suggest you guys fast and I suggest you pray and pray honestly and raw. Don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about the position is my hands uh, touching each other correctly. All of that, it doesn't matter. It just matters the position of your heart and you're having a conversation with God. And then the last thing is count your blessings. Yes. Those that are struggling with trust. If you pay attention to all God has done already, it becomes so much easier to trust him. It's easy because now, you know, like if I go back to my old journals from years ago, now I don't even really keep journals as much as I used to. But in the beginning, when I used to keep a journal, I can go back to those if I'm ever feeling kind of weak on faith and be like, oh, she was a mess back then, child. Like reading the stuff I would be talking about and just looking at where I am now as opposed to where I was then, my faith just increases. Because if he brought me from that, then I know he's going to take me out of the things I'm talking about right now. So for you, Taylor, like what are some things now that you do or controls you've put in place to make sure, because your faith is like an everyday thing. If we ever feel like we are too comfortable and that we're not still praying and still fasting and still spending time with God, we can easily drift out of his will. So what are some ways that you make sure that you maintain him as the CEO and the head of your life? Yes. I always, write my journal in my making God my CEO journal by Satan. <laughs> I'm always journaling to God, writing it down. And if I'm ever in a situation where I feel like, you know, I, I want to be controlling or I just don't understand, I always just stop in that moment and just get quiet, like really getting quiet and listening to him, because that was one of the things that God said to me that I wasn't quiet enough. It's too much movement. I'm always moving around or I'm on to go and I'm too busy, but I'm not really listening to what he's saying because I'm making myself so busy. So those are some of the practices. And like I said, prayer, like people underestimate the power of the tongue. It is so major when you are praying to God because he will answer, <laughs> he will answer He'll give you exactly what you want if you have that faith and you're following him. So those things really are, you know, that's what works for me. Like I said, everybody's relationship with God and the things that work from them work for them are different, but that's what, you know, helps my life and works for me. That's awesome. Well, Taylor, do you have any last minute advice or anything that you will give entrepreneurs? It could be faith and or business based. I would say stop overthinking things. Don't, don't overthink it. 
don't doubt yourself because I'm a victim of doubting myself. I do that from time to time. And then my friends and my bossy posse and family, <laughs> they get me together and snap me back into reality. Um, and also just, you know, increase your faith. You you definitely have to get with God, learn what works for you or how you hear from him. It's different for everybody. I swear before I really got into hearing from him, I was asking different people, how you hear from God? You know, what is he saying to you? How does that work? I just want you to understand that everybody hears from him differently. I hear from him in dreams. You know, he speaks through people to me. And sometimes, well, it's actually getting better now. I can hear him speak to me. I can discern his voice. So (laughs) that's another amazing thing. But just don't overthink things. Don't doubt yourself and just know that God's timing is always best. And also, one amazing thing that I heard from Yandy when she was speaking on a um, panel is man's rejection is God's protection. If you feel like you're building this business or you're being an entrepreneur, you feel like you keep getting rejected, don't take it as rejection. Just look at it as God protecting you from something that is not meant for you or your business. Amen. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for being a part of the show. You were all nervous at first and you have done just such a great job. And I'm just I'm just excited to watch what God continues to do through you. So just thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. So that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you guys next week.